Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are going to be continuing our series through Psalms, and I hope that you have been engaging, I mean it's only the second day, but but I hope that you've been engaging in reading five Psalms a day. Today is Psalms for or chapters 6 through 10. Chapter 6 through 10. If you haven't done that, uh, or um, if you need time to do that, you know, I would suggest that if you are deciding between reading those five chapters of Psalms and listening uh, to the podcast, I would just suggest that you would stop and read the five chapters in Psalms because, you know, as great as I might be, let me tell you, God is much greater and I'm really not that great either. That's that's the other thing. But uh, it, it is important that you're spending time with God. And so I want to make sure uh, when I'm saying this, I realize that some people might be using this as a replacement for devotions as opposed to a supplement and uh, something like that. This isn't to be a supplement with your, or excuse me, this isn't to be a replacement of your time with God, but it is to be a supplement, the shouts of grace. And so um, I, I I hope that you're not replacing that, although I, there is the reading of God's Word that's in this, which is good. Um, I think it's even more uh, beneficial if you are alone uh, with God and hearing and reading God's word. And so I just would encourage you that if you're trying to make that decision between listening to this and actually reading scripture, that you would choose to read scripture and spend time with God. But I do hope that you listen to the the podcast and enjoy it as well. And uh, we're going to be looking at specifically Psalm chapter 8 today, but I'm going to read chapters 8 and 10 for our scripture reading this morning. Um, but I, I mean, let me tell you, it was tough to choose um, what I was going to read here. In fact, um, chapter nine is possibly the one that uh, that that stood out the most to me as I was reading it because it really deals with the nations. And right now, uh, in Iowa at least, we're really heating up in the political season. We kind of hit it before everyone else. Um, across the United States, and I really enjoy politics. And so uh, when when getting into that, I always think it's interesting to see what does God have to say to the nations. And uh, most of the time, it's kind of what we looked at yesterday, this whole idea of, yeah, the nations are raging, um, and let me give you one word of advice, or, or you know, one, w- let me give you some advice, bow down and kiss the sun, look at Jesus Christ and submit to him. That's most of the time um, the advice that God gives to the nations when he starts talking about the nations. But chapter 9 has a lot to do with how God deals with the nations, but we're going to read chapters 8 and chapter 10 here of Psalms, and I hope that you spend some time actually reading all five chapters. But it says this in Psalm chapter 8, and then I'm going to read Psalm chapter 10. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth! Who have set your glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him? And what is the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor, that you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and all oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And then chapter 10 says this, Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide in times of trouble? 
The wicked in his pride persecutes the poor. Let them be caught in their plots which they have devised. For the wicked boasts of of his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. His ways are always prospering. Your judgments are far above, out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he sneers at them. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue is trouble and iniquity. He sits in the lurking places of the villages and the secret places. He murders the innocent. His eyes are secretly fixed on the helpless. He lies in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lies in wait to catch the poor. He catches the poor when he draws him into his net. So he crouches, he lies low, that the helpless may fall by his strength. He has said in his heart, God is forgotten. He hides his face. He will never see. Arise, O Lord. O God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the humble. Why do the wicked renounce God? He has said in his heart, you will not require an account, but you have seen, for you observe trouble and grief to repay it by your hand. The helpless commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness until you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations have perished out of his out of his land. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause the ear your ear to hear, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may oppress no more. Wow, I really enjoy these passages of scripture. And it really says a lot about God in these passages of Scripture. And that's why I want to highlight Psalm chapter 8. It starts off and it says, O Lord, O, excuse me, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. And we see this here. This is really the heartbeat of this chapter, is that it is talking about the excellence of God and how transcendent and high above God really is, and yet how much he still cares for us and is mindful of us. You know, if you stop and you think about who God is and how incredibly great he is, and yet to think about that he cares about what is going on in your life, it it is just incredible incredible to understand that. And I do find verse 2 pretty interesting because it says this, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. You know, so many times God uses the small things of this world to go and to humble the things or the people that think that they're mighty. I mean, just think back in the Old Testament, how many times God goes and he sends a lowly prophet, somebody who's just a nobody, really, just a guy who was, who, who was called by God, who submitted himself, who humbled himself before God, and God gave grace to him because God gives grace to the humble, and he went out and he confronts a king. And there's so many times these kings, of course, they respond arrogantly saying, who are you? 
You know, perhaps the greatest example of this is is in the book of Amos. When Amos, you've got this sheep herder from Tekoa. This sheep herder from Tekoa. If you start looking up things about Tekoa, you'll soon to find out that Tekoa must have been a, a tiny little town that nobody knew anything about because there's just not much known about Tekoa. But there you have Amos, the sheep herder from Tekoa, and he goes out and he's got this great big message from God where he goes and he starts calling out this entity and that entity. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, the school of the prophets, they all get behind Amos and, and they're, they're like, yeah, this is great. You're calling out these guys. Good job. Good job. And then Amos goes and he says, just wait, your turn's coming. And he goes and he calls them out. And pretty soon they look at him and they say, well, who are you? Who are you to speak? And Amos is like, well, I'm just a sheep herder from Tekoa. But the reality of it is, is that he was much more than a sheep herder from Tekoa. He was who God ordained to humble his enemies. to give strength to so that the enemies might realize exactly how weak they are in comparison to God. But it continues on in verse 3, and it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? Now, this is incredible when you stop and you think about this. Now, I'm going to go the other way. I'm, I'm going to reverse the order here uh, the, than what Scripture presents, uh, not because I disagree with Scripture, but because I, I want to make this point. See, Scripture starts off with the heavens, and then it works its way down to the man. But let's start with man. You know, you are one of seven billion people who are currently on this planet. Seven billion. That's an incredible number. But there are billions more that have come before you, and if the Lord tarries, there will be billions after you that come. Even more billions, right? I mean, it'll just be billions upon billions upon billions here, depending upon how long God tarries before he comes back. But you think about that, you are one amongst seven billion people that are currently on this earth. But then you stop and you think about how big the town is geographically compared to the space that your own two feet take up. I mean, even if you got size 15s, it, 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 you still don't cover that much space compared to the town that you live in, even if it's a small town. But then you think about the state that you're in and the nation beyond that. And then you stop and you you realize the earth, the, the earth, the entirety of the earth. And you realize that the earth is, is rotating around in a circle. That's what it's doing. It, it rotates, you know, once a day, once every 24 hours. That's how we keep our time. And then you stop and you realize that that earth that, that we're on, the earth that we're on, you know, it, it, it's it's so large. Not only is it spinning around, but it has the moon that, that's orbiting it. And yet the moon is ginormous compared to us. I mean, that means the earth is, is really, really big. And yet the earth itself is not just spinning in place, but it is orbiting itself around the sun, which is gigantic in comparison to the earth. But it's not just that. Then you realize that the sun itself is orbiting around the Milky Way. 
And you stop and you think about all of these things and you keep expanding. You realize that the Milky Way is just one of how many, how many galaxies that are out there and how many stars that are out there. And then you stop and you realize just for a moment that God created all of this and he spoke it into existence and he is high above all of this. How incredible is that? And yet God knows every number of hairs that is on your head. He knows every tear that you've ever cried. He knows every word that you've ever spoken. He knows every thought that you've ever had. And he cares and has an opinion on all of these things. Isn't that incredible to stop and think about? God, who created everything, and not just the things that you see, but the things that, I mean, we can only see with a telescope and the things that we can only see with a microscope. He's created all of these things. And he is far above all of these things. And yet he has a vested interest in your life. In fact, the next thing that it says is it says, in the Son of Man that you visit him. Now, who's the Son of Man that it's referring to? This is, uh, of course, referring to Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, who, who is God in flesh. He took on flesh. He humbled himself. He became a little lower than the angels. You made him a little lower than the angels, is what it says here. And it, it, it goes and it repeats that in the book of Hebrews. And it says, but you have crowned him with glory and honor, and you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, that you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and all oxen, every, or excuse me, even the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You see, this is in reference to the authority that the Father has given Jesus Christ. This is in reference also to, in Philippians 2, when it talks about how Jesus has given a name that is higher than every other name, and that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what this psalm is pointing towards. It's pointing towards the greatness of God and the greatness of Jesus Christ. But of course, as it's pointing to the greatness of Jesus Christ and therefore the authority of Jesus Christ, we also have to realize that it's pointing towards the Great Commission. Because in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, All authority is given unto me, or all power in the King James, all power, all authority is given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations teaching them all the things to observe all the things that I've taught you and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see, God is far above and far greater than any of us could ever imagine, and yet he cares about each and every one of us, and he has given us a commission. He has given you good works that you are to walk in. In that commission, those good works are to impact other people that God desperately, 
cares about. So I hope this morning you see the greatness of God, number one. And number two, that you see how much God cares about you. And number three, I hope that you see that God cares about your neighbor and he wants you to impact your neighbor and to reveal to your neighbor how great he is. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. But even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Then you feel it, the song that is rising. Then you can't help but let it out. If you're trusting in faith, even now. is already